What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. My friends call me DMAC, credentialed member of Dodgers Media. And today we've got a live episode of Dodgers Dugout coming your way. And we got a jam-packed show. You got the decisions on the options for Blake Trina and Joe Kelly. Could Joe Kelly be back? Was it a good decision to bring back Blake Trina? We're talking about Clayton Kershaw and his future. A little bit of MLB free agency, some Otani updates. But the first thing I want to start with is... Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger. Should the Dodgers strongly consider bringing back Justin Turner, bringing back Cody Bellinger, re-signing those two iconic Dodgers players? We're going to get into all that, but first, let's dive into the comments section. We got high DMAC from jo Jose Rodriguez. $40 million for manager. Whoa, that's from Karnisha Ja. Yeah, I just saw news about Craig Council. We might talk some Craig Council and what that means for that Brewers team. That's very interesting as it relates to the Dodgers. Also, a reminder, this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live is brought to you by the Dodgers Nation app. If you have not yet, the best Dodgers app in the game. Scores, highlights, news, rumors, games. You're going to find it over there. Download the Dodgers Nation app. You can scan the QR code up there and go to the app store and find it. Also, GearUp.LA, the best Dodgers gear in the game. You're going to find it over at GearUp.LA. But let's dive into some more comments. Bring back Bellinger from Edgar Contreras. I'd be fine with Bellinger, but no JT. Bring him back on a discount from Craig. We got Dodgers Nation. Darren DMAC, let's go. Excited to see how the 2024 team shapes up. As am I, Darren, because the time is here and we got a very exciting announcement about a guest that's going to be in studio next week, but you're going to have to stay tuned because we got a big time guest, pretty much as big as you could possibly get, really, as far as the offseason goes. It's going to be in studio, so be excited about that. But yeah, I see some comments here about Craig Council, who I was prepping for the show to, so I didn't get to see all the information on Craig Council, but the news is that Craig Council, an $8 million deal with the Chicago Cubs. Jeff Passan tweeted, it's an industry-shaking deal. In recent years, multiple coaches have pointed out that it's more lucrative financially to take a job with a college program than an MLB team. Council's deal could help change that. Rosenthal tweeted, Council getting five years, $40 million, more than $40 million for Craig Council. He's going to be the highest-paid manager in baseball. So the first thing I want to say is, how does this tie in with the Dodgers? Well, one, what does this mean for Corbin Burns? What does this potentially mean for a Willie Adamas. What does this mean for a Brewers franchise that is clearly going in a different direction without Craig Council? Because Craig Council has been one of the best managers in the game for quite some time. He knows how to maximize talent. He knows how to take good teams, make them great teams, really take teams that don't have a lot of high-priced talent and make them competitive. Now he's gone. Does this signal a rebuild for the Brewers. Are they going to look to trade Corbin Burns this offseason? And if that's the case, will the Dodgers be major players? We talked about it last week. The Dodgers are expected to make a trade this offseason at some point for a starting pitcher. And if Corbin Burns is made available, you can expect them to pursue him. And I think that it would be the perfect trade. He's on a one-year deal. He still has one year of a uh, one more year of team control left. So I would love to see him in Los Angeles. I think it makes all the sense in the world. But uh yeah, Craig Council getting a bag by the Chicago Cubs. And it also makes you wonder, does this impact Cody Bellinger at all? Cody Bellinger is a player that had a really nice year in Chicago, got his career back on track, 
Did he do enough to get a contract north of $200 million from the Chicago Cubs? I have my doubts about that, but that's another interesting angle to all this. It also goes to show that baseball teams care about managers, right? You kind of go back to the conversation about Dave Roberts and the impact that he has or doesn't have on this team. I think there's no doubt about that some managers can have a bigger impact on their teams because of the control that they have. There's no way in hell the Dodgers are giving out a contract to Craig Counselor to Craig Council at that price because they don't expect him to make all the decisions and press all the buttons and pull all the levers. It's a different way of attacking winning for the Dodgers. They want to complete a game plan and get together. It's a very collaborative process. And I'm not saying that Dave Roberts is a puppy because he he's not. He's not a puppet. He's not someone that just listens to management, says, okay, yes, okay, this. No, he definitely has a say in it. But Craig Council is someone you give the keys to your organization to. You expect him to make those moves, develop talent. So good for him. But a uh, couple down below in the comment section. What up, Dodger fan? What up, Ivy Stroking over on YouTube? Nando390, anything more than $5 million for Kershaw is an overpay. We'll talk about Kershaw in a little bit. If you haven't yet, we dropped some episodes last week about Clay and Kershaw, about Max Muncy, about some of these trade rumors. Michael Creo says Dave is 100% a puppet. I wouldn't say 100%. No, he don't. D-Mac, what up, Veronica Martinez over on YouTube? I wouldn't say Dave's a puppet. I would say that what the Dodgers do with Dave Roberts is they try to utilize his strengths. And his strengths are as a leader, as a culture builder, as a guy that instills supreme confidence in his veterans that are slumping at times. Guys like Max Muncy and Chris Taylor, who I think Dave played a big role in getting them back on track this year. Also, getting their rookies to transition to the big league level. Guys like James Outman, guys like Bobby Miller, give Dave Roberts a lot of credit for that too. But as far as managerial decisions go, as far as the lineup, I would say just look at before game three, when Dave Roberts was in a hotel with the Dodgers decision makers, analytics department, scouts, Andrew Freeman and company, the powers that be. And it's a collaborative process when it comes to lineups. Now, as far as reading pitching situations, I think that Dave gets a bad rap about whose decision it is. Because last time I checked, there's not a, there's not something in his ear that's saying, Hey, Dave, go to the bullpen. Hey, Dave, stay in the dugout. No, he is going to use the analytics. He is going to use his feel. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong. You never talk about Dave Roberts decisions when they're right. Only when they're wrong. And look, I think it would did a terrible job against uh, the Diamondbacks in game three by not pulling Lance Lynn out there. But uh, I digress. So we're going to dive into our first topic here today. We're going to talk about some of these decisions that were made over the weekend. First being Blake Trinan. Now, let me know down below. Do you think it was a good decision for the Dodgers to bring back Blake Trinan on a $1 million club option? Jack Harris of the Los Angeles Times reported that Trinan's club option is worth $1 million. So that was the big question because his was incentive-based and it had escalators in it. It could have jumped anywhere between one and seven million based on how many innings that he had pitched. Now, he never made it back on the mound this year with the Dodgers. He was only able to make some rehab starts. The first two went well. He had two scoreless appearances. The last one he got rocked, the velocity was down. And that was all she wrote for Blake Trinan's season. So the big cue or the big question, sorry, the big cue for Blake Trinan is 
Can he get back on the mound? Can he be able to look anything like the Blake Trinan that he did when he reestablished himself as one of the best relievers in all of Major League Baseball? Because that was the case. Let's not forget, Blake Trinan was a reclamation project. Blake Trinan was someone that had established himself as one of the premier closers in the game with the Oakland A's. And then he was a disaster in 2019. He had really struggled that year. You saw his numbers just inflate overnight. The ERA in 2019 was 491 up from 0.78. Then in 2020 with the Dodgers, much better at 386 ERA. If you look at the expected numbers, you look at the FIB, all those numbers were back down towards career norms. He was the guy they went with there in game five of the World Series. Then in 2021, he was outstanding. He was even better at 199 ERA. If you look at the expected numbers, really good as well. Expected fifth, 325 and 72 in the thirds innings. Then in 2022, only pitched in five innings, five innings, five games for Blake Trinan, five innings in five games. And then he got injured at the capsule shoulder injury and really hasn't made very many appearances since then. He was able to make it back for the NLDS in 2022. And he gave up that home run to Jake Cronenworth. And he just did not look like the filthy Blake Trine that we had seen the previous year. So really, I think at $1 million, $1 million, that's it. That's chump change for this Dodgers team. That's a lunch date at Nobu for this organization. That is nothing. And when you consider they gave Jimmy Nelson a million dollars, they gave Cole Hamels a million dollars. And those guys didn't do anything. Blake Trinan, if you're patient with him and you can get anything out of him, you can try to kind of recoup the lost money from the previous couple of seasons. So I wouldn't say it's a rob job or highway robbery from Blake Trinan or anything like that. The Dodgers, they lost the gamble the last couple of years with him. And they're trying to get it back on something that, that's extremely low AAV. And I think this is just standard procedure. So I personally believe that this is a great deal for the Dodgers. $1 million. If you can find a way to make him a contributor and get him back still in his mid thirties, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. You can never have enough arms. So this to me was at the price, a great pickup for the Dodgers. I like the fact they picked it up, but let's go down below the comment section here. Do you think that it was a good choice to bring back Blake Trinan? I think you have nothing to lose at all whatsoever. If he never pitches again at $1 million, it was worth the risk. But here we go. We got Roland. No one on the Dodgers pitched past the fifth inning. Anyways, Jonathan Kirby. Yeah, Blake is a no-brainer. If he signs on, he's definitely a piece for the seventh or eighth inning. That's from Jonathan over on Facebook. Jason, didn't Kelly say he'd be willing to take a pay cut? Exactly. We'll talk about that. Josh Hader. We'll talk about that in a second here. 1 million to a ghost is fine with me. That's from boomer assassin over there. That's a fire take. Nando says, give me a mill to sit on the bench and I L like trying. Okay. I'll talk to Andrew Friedman. I'll talk to this organization. I'll put your name out there. Yeah. A million for that. But look, it's not the case because look, I think if you look at trying and the injuries he's dealt with, he's still good enough as a player when he's on the mound to justify $1 million. And yeah, Nando, I would love a million dollars too, just to basically sit at home and do nothing. But he was rehabbing. He was trying to get back on the mound earlier in the season last year. He told reporters that it would be a quote disappointment if he didn't pitch last year. And he certainly gave it a go. Like I said, a few minutes ago, 
He was able to start a rehab assignment last August, but through just two and a third innings in the minors over three appearances. Like I said, the first two, there was some promise. The command was not great. The velocity wasn't great. The third one, though, he got rocked. The velocity was down. And it was clear at that point that this year was not going to happen for Blake Trinan. But uh, a couple more here. We'll talk about Joe Kelly. We got Matthew says Trinan turning into the Homer meme, going into the bush as Trinan coming back out as Bigfoot. He doesn't exist. LOL. Yeah, he's the Loch Ness monster. He's joining that famous club with the Danny Duffy's and the Cole Hamels. We got Lazar who says get Adamus and put him at third base could be the long-term solution at third. If they look to extend him, that's a very interesting take. I'll give that a fire take from Will Lazar over there who, yeah, if you look at the shortstop position next year, they have full confidence that Gavin Lux is going to pick up where he left off. He's going to be the guy getting the runway. And even if early on the season, they think that maybe it's a little too early. Maybe you see Miguel Rojas start the year at shortstop. Gavin Lux at second base, Mookie back in right field. And then you kind of go about it that way. Or third base, we know, is a position of need as far as defensively speaking. They did pick up Max Muncy's option. Now, give me your thoughts on that. That's a good transition there. As far as Willie Adamas, though, Willie Adamas is a really good player. There's no doubt about it. He's a player that has pop. He brings the intangibles of He's a likable player who brings that clubhouse energy. If that's your thing, if that's what you're looking for. Also, he's friends with Mookie Betts. Clearly, that was a factor in bringing in J.D. Martinez. I will say, Willie Adamas, after a really successful 2022 season in Milwaukee, we had a 109 weighted runs created plus and hit 26 home runs last year. Actually, had 31 home runs. Check that. 31 home runs in 2022. The strikeout rate was high. The walk rate was low. It's kind of a three true outcome type player. But last season in Milwaukee, he had a 94 weighted runs created plus. So it went down from 109, 9% above league average to 94, 6% below league average. You saw the walk rate go up a little bit, but the power numbers went down last year. 31 home runs to 24. The defense still really good. I wouldn't mind seeing him on the Dodgers. I mean, Willie Adams is a player that I had per, per I had pitched as a potential multi-team trade with the third team and then also include him in a package for Corbin Burns. So yeah, I would like to see him in Dodger blue. I do think that he's someone that wants to be a shortstop because that's how you get paid. And he wants to enter the market as a free agent shortstop. So I think it would behoove him to try to maintain that and not make that switch to third, but it's a very interesting idea. And that's what I appreciate here. Michael Creo, maybe actually trade for some relievers. We'll talk about that in a second here. Blake for a mill score. That's from Edgar. So yeah, a lot of positive responses about Blake Trinan. We got uh, Mattel root uh Rulees who's uh, metal rules, metal rules V. There we go. Over on YouTube says, dang it guys. It's been a rough last two weeks in being an LA sports fan. Sheesh. USC is a joke. Yeah. Hey man, at least you got rid of Alex Grinch. But uh, we got uh, some more here. Max is too slow for third. It's time to cut Barnes from Michael Creo. Muncy will be a Dodger for life. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Max Muncy. So, Max Muncy back with the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, of course, pick, they instead of picking up that option, which they could have at $14 million, you gave him an extension. And essentially what you did 
is you just added one more year to that deal and applied a little club option there. So you got a club option there. You have another year on that deal. They'll receive $5 million as a signing bonus and a salary of $7 million for 2024, then $12 million in 2025 with a $10 million club option for 2026. And if you look at that deal, you lower that AAV down to $12 million, give them a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of breathing room for that competitive balance tax. And look, this is a value. This is an absolute steal for a player that's going to get you 30-plus home runs, that's going to hit 100-plus RBI. Last year, Muncie slashed 212, 333, 475. The numbers were up, had a 118 weighted runs created plus. That was eighth in Major League Baseball for a third baseman. So those are his pros. His pros are he can slug. He can hit the ball out of the park. He, we know he can do that at a prolific rate. And the cons are the strikeout rate was up last year, had a 26.4 strikeout rate. That was the highest in his career since 2018. But how does Muncie make up for it? 14.7% walk rate and that power. And then there's his issues at third base defensively. He played a career high 124 games at the hot corner. And make no mistake about it. There's no defensive metric that says that Max Muncie is at the very least a league average defensive third baseman. That's not the truth. The reality is Max Muncie is a below average defensive third baseman, had a minus three defensive run saved, a minus five RAA, a minus 7.7 UZR in over a thousand innings. But when you consider that his defense is where it is and he has a 2.9 war, he still provides value. He's essentially a... DH that's masquerading as a third baseman. Now, personally, it's a no-brainer. You can always package him in a deal to try to upgrade your talent at another position. If you do bring in someone else that you want to try at third base, someone mentioned Willie Adamas. Some people want Justin Turner back, even though I don't think he's a competent third baseman defensively at his current age, 39 years old, right? He's getting up there in age. I don't think that's a possibility. People want to see an Arenado trade. That's a possibility. But the good thing is that there are going to be teams out there that would love to take a flyer on Max Muncy in a trade. You just mentioned the Milwaukee Brewers. If the Brewers wanted him, you could include him in the trade for Corbin Burns and Willie Adamas and do a little switcheroo there if the Brewers want him for next season. And the fact that you have an extra year on his deal makes him more of a positive trade asset for a team that does, just doesn't see him as a one-year rental. So yeah, welcome back, Max Muncie. I think he's unfairly maligned and criticized in Dodger blue. To me, he's like the barbecue sauce. If the Dodgers offense is a nice stack of ribs, he's that barbecue sauce all over it. Cause when he's good, he takes it to a whole nother level. I still think Max Muncie can provide value for this team. I think after what we heard over the weekend about Shohei Otani, and the fact that the Texas Rangers, the Giants, there's going to be a lot of teams that are after Shohei Otani, right? If they don't get him, if the Dodgers don't sign Shohei Otani, by the way, if they don't, I'm going to have to take a month off and please, please respect my privacy during that time. But if they don't, you're going to need a DH. Max Muncy can be that guy. Max Muncy can provide what JD Martinez did last year, right? Just from the left side. So I love that Max Muncy back on that deal. I love the extension. I think it made perfect sense. But what are your guys' thoughts on Max Muncy? Then we're going to move on to Joe Kelly. Because I think Joe Kelly is a very, very interesting conversation for several different reasons. But I think Max Muncy, just like Blake Trinan, when you look at the value of it, 
I think it made a ton of sense. That to me looked like a deal where Max Muncie said, I'm going to give these guys a hometown discount because Max Muncie loves being a Dodger. Since he retooled his swing, this organization gave him a chance. He turned himself into an all-star, got him paid. I had Max Muncie on this show last year, and he told me that just that. He said that he wanted to be in L.A. He wanted to be on the Dodgers, not just for one year. He wanted to finish his career in L.A. So that's definitely something you have to consider as well. But we got, yeah, definitely need Kelly on a two-year, 15.5-ish million dollar deal. That's from Matthew over on YouTube. I think that's a little on the high side, but we'll get into that in a second. Gold Glove Chapman at third base, Mike Saldana. We talked a lot about Matt Chapman last week. If you want to go back and watch that episode, I'm going to do another deep dive on the possibility of Chapman. I think I wouldn't hate it as a plan C or D if you strike out on Otani and Yamamoto and some of these other pitchers, but this is an organization that has shown us that they're not prioritizing a high-priced third baseman. So they didn't even consider a deal with Manny Machado, right? You didn't try to bring back a Corey Seager at the price that would have been a competitive offer. No, you could have moved him to third base. So I feel like they think they can get a third baseman elsewhere. Chapman defensively is phenomenal. Offensively, he's been hitting the ball hard for years. The results have declined a little bit. And you're talking about someone that struggled towards the end of the season. So I don't think he would definitely change this team. But to trade Vargas and Cartaya for something nice. That's from Mike Saldana. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Fire Roberts, hire Bochi, David Sung. We want Bauer from Troy Reed over on Facebook. They better get him. Nando 390. Padres are broke, but are saying, but are saying they're in the mix for Otani. Yeah, I just I, I don't think that they would get overdrafted. It would be an overdraft thing. Like when I'm at at the store and I get to overdraft with the card, their card would get declined if they tried to spend Otani. The Padres card would get declined if they tried to pay for Otani. They'd have to loan some more money from somewhere else. And maybe they can loan money from the Dodgers. I don't know. Right. But uh, it would be on a high interest rate there, but uh, no Muncie move on. That's from Gary Glenn. Max Muncie was a good pickup. Ronald. Hey, he never left, but uh, it's good that they brought him back. Max Muncie from beer. Sama over on YouTube. We got Diane Schrute over on YouTube. Muncie needs to drop some weight and work on his fielding. If he's not a DH, the thing about Muncie, he's actually really an athletic guy, but yeah, he doesn't have the range to put himself in a position in the lateral speed. I agree with you on that. How much does that have to do with his physical shape? I'm not so sure, but uh, David Sung says fire Roberts, hire DMAC. Hey man, I'll be a player manager. I'll be a player manager that will broadcast the game. So yeah, I'll be in the stands criticizing my own decisions. What was D-Mac thinking? Taking out, taking out Bobby Miller there. We got uh strikeout Muncie. That's from Gary Glenn. B Guzman, the Rangers will dominate baseball for five years. The Rangers are starting to really bug the hell out of me. I'm trying to take over baseball here. Loyalty is a valuable trait. Amen. That's a that's a fact, Gary A. Big facts on that. Joe Kelly for $3 million. Okay, let's talk some Joe Kelly now because. That was the one, if you watch the episode on Thursday, I said that Muncie was the only lock on the club option. They extended him. I said that the coin flips, though, were Blake Trinan, based on the price. I said if it was $1 million, they would do it. I said if it was anything higher than that, they wouldn't. Maybe there's some incentives, too, in Blake Trinan's deal, where if he meets certain requirements, then maybe he's able to earn some more money there. So that's always something that's a possibility. But the other thing is with... Joe Kelly, the interesting 
detail in that was that he's someone that was really good when he was on the mound at times, had really good stuff, but the injuries continue to be an issue for Joe Kelly. And the Dodgers, they declined that option on him. He had a $9.5 million club option that had a $1 million buyout. And yeah, like I said, Joe Kelly, when he was on the mound, he was really good. The only problem with Kelly was that he struggled to stay on the mound. He had multiple stints on the IL. He dealt with forearm inflammation. He dealt with an elbow issue, dealt with a groin issue. And some of those injuries, I want to put it out there. Like I said, it's like Voldemort and Harry Potter. We never say TJ, but those are definitely harbingers for bad injuries to come. And you've seen that with this Dodgers team, whenever it's a forearm, whenever it's a elbow, whenever it's stuff like that, it usually doesn't end well. And that was probably the biggest factor in all of this, because if you could guarantee his health, nine and a half million dollars for Joe Kelly, based on the peripherals that he put up, that's a no brainer. I mean, last year he struck out batters at a higher rate than ever. The whiff rate, the FIP, the ERA wasn't fantastic, but the expected numbers were good. Right. And even when he was with the Dodgers, even those 10 and thir- uh, 10 to thirds innings, he was with LA he had a strikeout rate of over 47%. He struck at almost half the batters that he had faced. Now the walk rate was definitely high. There's no doubt about that, but still he's someone that is dangerous and he's someone that has proven that he can play up in the postseason. He's got that nasty stuff. The only question is, will the Dodgers bring him back on a cheaper price? I think there's a pretty decent chance that they will. It just depends on where's Joe Kelly at, where are the suitors at? Because I think at this point, if Joe Kelly at this stage of his career entering his later thirties, does he want to just be in LA because he talked about this. I'll never forget that being in that dugout and Joe Kelly talked about the difference between pitching on a good team and pitching on a bad team. When you're on a bad team, there's not a lot of fans in the stands, not a lot of juice, not a lot of adrenaline. That's not the case when he enters in LA they're playing his walkout song by Tyga, the mock, the Macarena, right? He's getting hype. Everyone's going crazy. The reaction for Joe Kelly at Dodger stadium, it gives you goosebumps because this fan base loves him. And you have statue, you have murals around town with mariachi Joe and what he did against Carlos Correa, right? So there's that. I do think that, like I said, the only issue with, with Kelly was, the walk rate. He had a 15% walk rate with the Dodgers. So that's the bad, the good, a 47 and a half strikeout rate. And then the other thing is the injuries, the groin strain, the elbow inflammation. Those are concerns. Now, how much could they get him back for? That's the big question, because I do think there is a world where, yeah, they declined his option, but there was probably some conversations between him and his agent about, okay, what would it cost to bring him back to LA? There's a world where they already have agreement an agreement in place already. That's a possibility as well. So I would not roll that out. I think you could see him back on a one-year deal, anywhere between five to $7 million. You could see him on a two-year deal for 12, 13 million, something in that range. That to me makes perfect sense. So if you look at a nine and a half million dollars for one year, that's a deal that he could possibly sign for two years. So it definitely made sense for the Dodgers to do this at the same token. You never know. I mean, he's also dealing with just the, the, the possibility of, uh, of those injuries. So yeah, I think for me, I have no issue with the decline. I just hope that 
you don't make that knowing that thinking he's going to come back on that cheaper deal when other teams can enter the fold and give him a bigger price. And then you don't have a reliever who won is a clubhouse boost, right? He's someone the fan base loves. And the only thing that really matters to me is he's still filthy at this stage of his career. You might want to retire in LA. So you got to find these guys out there when you're going to push all your chips in and try to get an Otani and Yamamoto, right? You got a lot of money invested in Freddie and Mookie. When you have a lot of your money invested in three or four guys, you need guys like Joe Kelly and Max Muncy to take hometown discounts, right? You need to hit on some of these rookies to be able to put together a roster that can win. They can not just have the top heavy style of play that hasn't worked with teams around the league. So I definitely would like to see Joe Kelly back. I just want to see him back on a cheaper deal. He's still effective. He's still nasty. Bring him back on that cheaper deal. Bring back Mariachi Joe. And like I said, he's someone that, that uh, still look, the Dodgers are just more fun with Joe Kelly. I'll just, the Dodgers are more fun with Joe Kelly, right? The do- baseball, just more fun with Joe Kelly. Unless you're Carlos Cray, of course, then it's not. But uh, let's go down below in the comment section. Give me your takes on Joe Kelly. Do you want to see him back in Dodger blue? Me personally, I think five to seven million on a one-year deal, two-year deal, 12 to 13 million. I don't think I love the idea of a multi-year deal. So hopefully just cheaper on a one-year deal, especially with the injuries as a possibility. But like I said, a 261 expected FIP. That's really, really good. I think teams out there are going to look at that. I mean, his K per nine was 13.73 at a 47 and a half strikeout rate with the Dodgers last year. That is a really, really strong number. But uh, is Kershaw coming back? That's from David Sung. We'll touch on that a little bit. I dropped a whole video on the Kershaw news a few days ago. Go back and watch that for a little bit of a deep dive on that. But we got Kelly at a more David S says, Kelly at more than 4 million or so is too much injury concerns. Yeah. To me, Kelly's like that friend that you love. He's a good hang. You love to party with, but he's also really flaky. He's that really flaky friend where you invite him to things. They don't even respond. They're just that flaky friend that you love him to death, but you can't always rely on. You can't count on right fast car. Great car looks awesome on the road, but is always in the shop, right? If it's in the shop. doesn't do you any good. So Definitely think the injury concerns are a valid concern and a reason to not bring him back. But if there's any chance you can keep him on the mound at a discounted rate, I think they should go that route. Bring back Joe Kelly on a cheaper contract. Keep Mariachi Joe in LA. We got Joe Kelly, 7 million from Craig Osterberg. Gary A, watch him pitch 100 innings for the Rangers next year. Finish him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the most Dodger thing ever, right? Uh, why pick up Blake's option? He's such a pain compared to Kelly. You could have them both. Like I said, $1 million lunch date at Nobu for this Dodgers team. Uh, David Sung Dodgers trade Seager and he wins the world series MVP with the Rangers. Bad move by Friedman. Maybe I'll tell him that myself. Never mind. I don't want to tip that off. Mike Saldana, bring back Kelly on incentive contract. Yeah, that's definitely something that you're going to see. If he's back, you're going to see some incentives that are going to be in there. Some escalators as far as, if he can stay healthy, stay on the mound. And I would not be surprised to see that because that's what the Dodgers are looking at effectiveness. They wouldn't have traded for him in the first place. If they didn't think he still had something in the tank and they definitely know he does. And I, like I said, I would not be surprised if there's not a wink, wink deal between these two already between the Dodgers and Joe Kelly, it's just complete speculation, but I can tell you that's how some of these things work out at times. But uh, Raul Gonzalez says, what's up DMAC? What up Raul over on YouTube? 
Leonardo says, Hey, DMAC. So what do you think Blake trying is a no, no. Uh, we touched on that one already. Jason says, love JT, but not sure we could use him. Sign Joe belly left or right field. Maybe we'll talk about that in just a second here. We're going to talk about should the Dodgers bring back Justin Turner? Should they consider giving Cody Bellinger a bag? I have some strong opinions on that, that you won't want to miss. We got hepatitis. See you later. If they can get Kelly back for two or 3 million. Okay. So some more here, bring back Mariachi Joe on a five to $6 million one year deal. That's from Diane Schroeder. Mike Saldana, bring him back for 6 million guys. We're just doing the Dodgers off season work for them. They, they didn't need any employees. They can just ask us, right? We can build this world series team here on the Dodgers dugout live stream. Decline Joe Kelly, WTF bring back Mariachi Joe from Jesse. If Kelly is cheap, keep him on the, postseason mainly Jose. That's another really good point in that you're not necessarily bringing Joe Kelly back to be your workhorse in the regular season. Yeah. You want him to pitch 40 or 50 innings. That's ideal, but he hasn't done that in years, right? He hasn't surpassed that 40 innings pitch mark in years, right? But where he can be a dangerous weapon for you is in the postseason. And even in his limited stint with the Dodgers against the Dimebacks, Ran to a little bit of a jam there in game two, had some walks. Sometimes with Kelly, you do see that walks can be a strategy like what we saw in the 2020 NLDS against the Padres when you saw him walk Manny Machado and you saw him walk Fernando Tatis Jr. just because he knew they could get the ground out, right? So sometimes there are strategic walks for him, but uh, Fernando 390 says, Friedman said no one was getting surgery, but so far Peralta and Kershaw are why they lying. That's from Nano 390. Well, I think one, technically, we want to base that on technicalities. David Peralta isn't a Dodger. Clayton Kershaw isn't a Dodger either. So depending on how you want to frame that, kind of made some sense. But also, I think here, you, something else you need to know, that surgery is not the team's decision. The organization can't put a gun to your head and say, go under the knife. That's not how this works. These players they ultimately decide whether or not they're going to have surgery. So maybe they weren't in cahoots at the time. As far as did they know at the time that these players would get surgery? You never know. So I think during the season, they, they knew full well that Dave Peralta wasn't at 100%. But uh, Jason, Doug, what do you think the likelihood of us getting Yamamoto is? Jason, look, we're going to talk more Yamamoto yesterday. I've done some videos on him. Like I said, my first prediction on Yamamoto was that the Mets had the inside track on him. I also think the Giants, they want a player of his caliber. They're looking to spend this offseason. And look, I think those two are the teams in the driver's seat. And you look at Masanori Murakami. He was someone that was on loan that was the first Japanese player to ever pitch in Major League Baseball. That took place on September 1st, 1964. And that was for the San Francisco Giants. So the Dodgers, they have the first Japanese player to make an all-star team in Hideo Nomo. And then the Giants, they have Masanori Murakami. So they have the Japanese history as well. They have the proximity. Makes a lot of sense. The Mets, they might outbid teams and pay stupid FU money for Murakami, for Yamamoto. So I think the Mets and the Giants are the two teams that I think have the inside track because I think the Dodgers are fully invested in signing Shohei Otani can you get them both? They could. Would I? Yes, absolutely. No doubt about it. It's not my money, right? I would absolutely love to have both of them. I would say I did talk to an insider yesterday and over the weekend, and they gave me some very interesting scouting reports on 
some Japanese pitchers that could be available. And one guy that I was told is uh, the, the Miyagi Hiroka. It's only five foot seven. And there's a lot of people high on him as well. And as far as Yamamoto, you always have to point to the fact that one, this Dodgers team, they haven't paid big for starting pitchers. Andrew Friedman has only signed a starting pitcher to a contract worth north of $50 million once. And that was for Trevor Bauer. And that was a unique situation. I think Yamamoto, what I was told a few weeks ago, reason why it's a possibility for the Dodgers is because he's 25 years old. If he was 28, 29, 30, it would not happen. But the fact that you can give him prime years, right? You can sign him for 250, whatever, at 200 to 250 million, something in that range. Three to four or five of those years could be prime years. Now, if you watch the episode with JP Hornstra a few years ago, I mean, a few days, a few weeks ago, he told us that sometimes pitchers from Japan, you want to see those medicals, right? We've seen plenty of instances where there has been some issues as far as clearing the medicals. And if you're looking at this Dodgers team, you need pitching next year. You need pitching next year because if you sign Otani, he can pitch for you in 2024. Do you want to go with someone who's more of a proven quantity at the big league level? Someone like a Blake Snell and Aaron Nola, a Jordan Montgomery, go that route and then get Corbin Burns or a trade chip type of starting pitcher and go that direction. So I would say the chances right now, probably around 42%. That's where I would handicap it for Yamamoto. I do think the Dodgers want to improve starting pitching but the competition for him is going to be stiff. I also think too, you are still signing an unknown quantity. Someone who's never pitched at the big league level, but to go after Joe Montgomery from David Sung belly will regress. That's from Mike Saldana. We'll talk about that in a second here. Bring back JT as a batting coach. That's from Jim D Mac for front office. What up, Alex? How you doing over there on YouTube? John Dodgers going to sign Shota Imanaga, not Yamamoto since they need a left-handed starter. Yeah, John, I mean, I talked about that over the weekend. You don't have Kershaw. You don't have Urias. You need a lefty, and that's something that Imanaga brings. And what Imanaga brings is Imanaga had a higher strikeout rate, had a lower walk rate, had a 266 ERA, which was not in the same class as Yamamoto. The issue was he gave 18 home runs. I don't need the Japanese Lance Lynn. We lived through that last year. We're all Lance Lynn survivors. Okay. Oh, Lance Lynch gave another home run as we speak, right? 45 on the year. So you compare 18 bombs served up by Imanaga versus two last year for Yamamoto. That's really what separates the two. Now, home run rates can go up for pitchers when they go to the show, right? As can strikeout rates as well. So that to me is an interesting one, but he would come at a much cheaper price. So if you want to go that route and get one of these guys that are posted, I think Imanaga is definitely a viable option that I'm interested in. Mike Saldana says Aaron Nola at three years. I got news for you. Aaron Nola ain't getting three years, man. He's getting five years for sure. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if Aaron Nola got three years. I mean, he's 30 years old. He's getting five. He's getting north of a hundred million. His postseason ability. He's a dog. He brings it. I would like to see Aaron Nola. I really do. I'm kind of talking myself more into it. He's not the flamethrower, but he brings that different dimension that plays up in the postseason versus a, you got Walker Buehler coming back. You got Bobby Miller, two gassers. You could have a Corbin Burns or someone like that that throws heat. Aaron Nola is someone that uh, he, he's just, he's special in the postseason. He has his really, really good starts. He didn't have a great year this year, but if you look at the walk rate for Nola, 87th percentile strikeout rate, still above average, the 65th percentile fastball velocity, 
24th percentile. So that's definitely not what you love, but in years past, he's proven that he can do that. So I'm definitely on board with the idea of an Aaron Nola. If I had to have Aaron Nola versus Blake Snell, I think I would take Aaron Nola. I really do. I would take Nola, then get Corbin Burns, then get some guy via the trade market. A 999 super chat here. I'm going to do the Freddie Dan. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. We got Frank Francisco Diaz, 999. DMAC, how much stock do you put in Rosenthal saying the Dodgers are the favorites for Otani? Is it something to believe or is it the media using the Dodgers name as clickbait? Again, that's a really good question. If you've been watching this show for a long time, you know that ESPN MLB insider Buster only said the same thing on this show. The Dodgers are the favorite. Nine Gale, the Dodgers are the favorite. I think that Yes, the Dodgers have about a, a good of a chance as anyone, but this is before he's been courted. Let's be honest here. This is before that Shoy Otani hasn't met with the Rangers yet. He hasn't met with the Giants yet. He hasn't met with the Dodgers yet. Now, I do think that the third time could be a charm for LA. They try to sign him out of high school, right? Before he went first overall to the NPB and established himself as a star there. And then they tried to sign him again when he went to the angels. Then what was the problem? You didn't have the designated hitter in the national league yet. So he couldn't play two ways. You couldn't play both ways. Couldn't pitch and bat, right? You couldn't do that as easily in the national league. I still firmly believe that had the designated hitter been universal back when he did sign with, with the angels, I have no doubt who to be in a Dodger, right? Because the Dodgers are the premier franchise in the West Coast. It's where he belongs. This is where you're going to guarantee yourself a postseason berth. Now, the Texas Rangers, though, they have a lot of talent. You have stars in their primes and Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. You got pitching. You got some prospects coming up that can help you as well. You got Bruce Bochy. They have a lot to offer, a controlled environment in Texas, not a market that's going to be explosive as far as media coverage and the attention, like let's say the Yankees or the Dodgers. So the Texas Rangers do make some sense. There's no doubt about that. But to answer your question, I think the Dodgers, yeah, you could consider them the favorites. And I can tell you from sources that I have, the Dodgers think they have a good chance at this. The Dodgers are very optimistic that they can sign Shohei Otani. And I don't think they're going to mess around with this one. I don't think you're going to see a Bryce Harper type ridiculous four years, 180 million. No, Shohei Otani is going to get what he wants. Just like Mookie got what he wanted in his 12 year, $365 million deal. They're going to pay Otani. They're happy with to do that. They're fine with giving Otani the bag. I do still think they're the favorites though, but I would not sleep soundly at night thinking that, Oh, it's a lock. It's not a lock. When LeBron James, was going to come to Lakers, that was a lock. Everyone in the industry knew that LeBron was going to be a Laker. I don't think that's the lock that it is with Shohei Otani. I still think that it's going to come down to where he thinks he can win, one, primarily. Two, how comfortable is he? Is he comfortable there? I do think the fact that the Dodgers have a lot of experience with pitchers coming off Tommy John injuries, you have a lot of depth as far as the pitching goes, you have a pipeline that's going to allow you to make trades and develop contributors. I think that's going to appeal to Otani because remember that Texas Rangers team, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're built for a 10 year run as much as the Dodgers are. And I think Otani is probably going to sign a 10 year deal. So I think that when you look at sustainable winning with peak players. Now I still think the Dodgers are the favorite to answer your question, but I would not be shocked one way or the other. If Otani signed somewhere else, because he shocked the baseball world by signing with the angels back in 2018. 
JT for third base coach and pinch hitter. Okay, we're going to talk about that question now. But let me know down below. Do you think the Dodgers are the favorites for Otani? Dave S says seven years, 125 million for Yamamoto. Okay. I don't know if that's the, the Black Friday deal or the Amazon Prime Day price on Yamamoto, but that ain't going to get it done. I got news for you there. You're going to have to up the price on that one. What happened to Arenado? Look, Linda, the reality is right now the Cardinals have not indicated they are willing to trade him. And until they do and make it known that they are going to enter a rebuild, that's not going to be the case. Arenado is most likely going to stay in St. Louis until until things change. And right now, it, things are right where they are, and that's him being a Redbird. But uh, if he becomes available, I guarantee you the Dodgers will be one of the first teams calling because it's a very affordable contract at $109 million for an elite third baseman that was dealing with injuries last year. He was dealing with the back. He was dealing with a leg. I mean, he's someone that got better as the season progressed. But Mike Saldana, I'd like D-Mac and Joe Davis doing a broadcast together. That'd be fire. Shout out to Joe Davis. I'm going to tell him, hey, let me fill in for Smoltz one of these days. I would love to do that. Hepatitis, see you later. Dodgers need to get some lefty relievers. Matt Moore. That's definitely something that they need to address because Victor Gonzalez and Alex Vesia is very volatile from start to start, from appearance to appearance, let alone year to year. Lance Lynn's son just hit a home run off of him with a wiffle ball bat. That's from Jason. Finish him. That's a fire take. Fire take. Davis, DMAC, what they need is starting pitching regardless of left-handed or right-handed. Heck, he can throw with his feet if he is good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's dive into this next topic here. Dodgers pitching lab can surely do something. That's from Alex. Bueller cannot be dependent on 100% with his recent health issues from Dave S. I agree with you 100%. You have to be optimistic. You have to have faith in the player and the track record and know that Walker Buehler is going to do everything in his power to get back to where he was as a Cy Young contender, a perennial all-star, one of the best starters in the game. But you can't rely on it. You can't make that assumption moving forward. You have to look at that as a bonus at this point, in my opinion. That's how you should approach it. If it happens, it happens. It's great. You love it. You hope he wins comeback player of the year in multiple Cy Youngs. But we're not doing the thing where you're saying, okay, we're waiting for guys to come back off the injuries, and we're going to rely on that in the postseason. But uh, Otani is ours, woo or lose. That's from Boomer Assassin. No taxes from Rusty Nail. That's a factor as well. I mean, that 13.5 state, no state income tax, for uh, 13 half state income tax for California compared to Texas, man, I mean, Texas is going to be a factor in this regardless as a bargaining chip. And could you imagine if I told you a couple years ago the Texas Rangers have Corey Seager, Clayton Kershaw, Shohei Otani, and a World Series. I mean, they're becoming the Joker to our Batman at this point based on how they're treating us. But uh, Johnny Owen, Doug, do not jump off the Otani train just yet. We are still the favorites. Hey, I'm not. I still have a lot of confidence. I say my Otani prayers every single day. But okay, final topic. What up, Jose? Final topic here today. And we're going to talk about the possibility of Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner being back with the Dodgers because I've seen this floated around everywhere. I've seen this on Instagram. I've seen this on Twitter. Fans want Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger back in LA. To me, I do think it's more of an Instagram thing. Don't be an Instagram fan. I love Instagram. Not telling fans how to fan. I love all Dodgers fans and I get it. You want to, your former favorite players back on your team, but Instagram, you see some wild stuff because the reality is nostalgia is hell of a drug and everyone wants that former player that, they loved when they were growing up. They love the way they made them feel, right? It's like 
people that want the old Drake back, right? You're not getting the old Drake back, right? That just doesn't exist. You were at a different period of your life. That was a different period of Dodger baseball, right? I do not want to see Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger back in Dodger blue. Stop living in the past. You have to turn the page. What are we even thinking here? It doesn't make a lot of sense. You never want to get back with your ex. Save for a very few examples. You don't want to get back with your ex. Getting back with your ex is like putting McDonald's French fries in the microwave, right? You don't want to reheat those McDonald's French fries, right? It's not worth it because the reality is you're watching the same movie and expecting a different result. And the reality is, look, Justin Turner, the reason why I'm not on board with this is because Justin Turner is still too good of a player at this stage of his career to accept the kind of role and contract that the Dodgers would want to offer him. Justin Turner is 38 years old. He turns 39 on November 23rd this month. And just to rewind, let's start with JT. Okay. Justin Turner declined his $13.4 million player option. He's going to receive a $6.7 million buyout. Now, last year, he signed a two-year, $21.7 million guarantee that that was a deal that made a lot of sense because he received $8.3 million as his base salary. That included $1 million in performance-based incentives with a very sizable buyout that only requires him to sign a deal next year for $6.7 million to get that buyout. So if a team signs him for $6.7 million, he's going to get that buyout. So you're talking about someone that's going to make over $13 million next year if he signs a deal that he's worth. So I look at the fact that Justin Turner can go out there and sign a two-year deal. There should be teams out there willing to sign him to a two-year $18 million deal. A two-year $20 million deal can't be ruled out. And I just don't even think that he'd sign anything less for a one-year $10 million deal. There's no reason why Justin Turner shouldn't be able to get a $10 million deal. If he does that, he'll be making basically $16.7 million with that buyout with the Boston Red Sox. Now, if you look at the year he had last year, he was still really good. Slash 276, 345, 455, had 23 home runs and 626 plate appearances. He's hit 20 plus home runs in two of the past three years, slashing 277, 352, 455 since the start of the 2021 season. And look, the reason why you opt out is you want more money. These guys aren't always about taking these massive hometown discounts. If it's a million here, a million there, yeah, fine, I get it. But you're talking about someone in Justin Turner that stands to make more money next season and have a bigger role with another team. Now, if Justin Turner wanted to come back as a bench bat and someone you could plug in using certain situations, I'd say fine. But I'd also be extremely disappointed in Justin Turner if he did that because he has more to offer to a team. JT should be a DH for a team, get 500, 600 plate appearances, get you 20 plus home runs and hit 275. That's the player that Justin Turner still is. Even defensively last year, he was playing first base. I mean, he wasn't able to play third, of course, because you got Devers, you got Casas. There was no room for him to play third base last year, but I don't think there's any reason why JT can't come back with another team, get a two-year deal. Like I said, getting back with your ex is like reheating McDonald's fries. You just don't want to do it. It sounds like a good idea, but you, it's not those warm and fuzzy feelings that you think it is. The only time I want to see Justin Turner back in Dodger blue is as the manager. And that's 
years down the line after he's paid his dues, after he's played a couple more really good seasons. So I just don't want to see JT back. I don't think it makes any sense at all whatsoever, unless he just wants to retire as a Dodger, wants to be in LA to continue to operate his foundation. But I still think he has too much left in the tank, too much baseball to play to take a reduced role. Now, even if the Dodgers sign Otani, right? Where do you put him? He can't play second base. That position is going to be filled, right? Mookie's going to play some second base. You got Gavin Lux, Miguel Rojas. You got options there, right? You got Chris Taylor. You have the third base position. Is his third base ability better than Max Muncy's to the degree where you say you factor in their power numbers? It would make a lot of sense. I don't think it does. So, yeah, if they miss out on Otani, you even have Max Muncy as a potential DH. And I just think that, look, you can't keep doing these same things. You can't just try to run things back and expect anything different. Because, look, I think people are forgetting that, look, I love Justin Turner. Don't get me wrong. I love him just as much as the next guy. I think he's an iconic Dodger. One of my favorite Dodgers of all time. I would say easily top 10, possibly even top five. I'm a JT stand. Trust me. I love Ginger Jesus. But why did everyone complain about Mookie Betts last year? Mookie Betts put together an MVP caliber season. In most years, Mookie Betts would win MVP. But why does everyone hate on Mookie right now? Why are they complaining that he's bowling and that he's at the World Series and not in a batting cage? Because he struggled in the postseason. Well, guess what? You know, I bring my facts to fight. Justin Turner has gone six for his last 48 in the postseason. He did not come through in the Dodgers series against the Padres, despite multiple opportunities, he struggled and looked overmatched against high velocity fastballs in pressure situations. So yeah, I see people out there, morale, this leadership, that da, 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 da. look, trust me at the big league level, it's a factor, but it's down the list. Roster construction trumps that every single time. So like I said, if he wants to come back as a bench bat, take significantly less money just to be a Dodger. Fine. I can tell you too, Justin Turner is a baseball rat. He's a baseball junkie. If you think someone of JT stature with the ability that he still has is going to take a reduced role where he's not an everyday player, I just don't think that's going to happen. But let me hear your thoughts on JT, and then we'll talk about Cody Bellinger. We got to trade Dave Roberts for DMAC. What up, Cesar? Uh, Hugh Lanceland just gave up a home run to Stevie Wonder. Okay. Finish him. <laughs> That's a fire. That's my comment of the day right there. You know, I love me a good roast, a good burn here. Belly, no gracias from Boomer Assassin. Bring back Cody, please. That's from Alice, Elise over on YouTube. We'll talk about Belly in a second here because I think that if there is a less than 5% chance that Justin Turner comes back, I would say there's less than a 1% chance that Cody Bellinger's back. Like I said, don't be an Instagram fan. Don't be an Instagram fan that's getting these these warm and fuzzy, you see your former player hitting a home run and you're seeing them with their arms around each other and pictures and this and that. Yes, it gives you those warm and fuzzies. I like it too. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Don't fall for it. This organization can't keep living in the past. You need different players. Stop romanticizing about these other things. Stop looking, stop being Wolverine on the bed looking at the picture frame, okay? You're not getting the old Drake. Leonardo, hey, DMAG. What do you think of maybe Snellzilla? We'll talk about Snellzilla maybe tomorrow once again. So why they get Kike back then? Eddie, good point. Because they have a defined role for Kike. 
They have a role for Kike. He can be a bench back. Cody Bellinger's not going to be. Cody Bellinger set himself up for a $200 million payday. Justin Turner can still sign a multi-year deal. He can still sign a one-year deal for $10 million. Kike, you could probably get him back on a multi-year deal two years at $10 million, $5 million a season. So if the role makes sense, I'm for it. If the role makes sense on this team, I get it. If they can still produce. But I would just be shocked if he would take a much lesser deal. And yes, he's still going to get that $6.7 million from Boston. You add that and you're looking at a payday of over $10 million. But I'm telling you, these guys are trying to get those bags, man. <laughs> Justin Turner, these guys like their like those greenbacks. We got to uh, bring back Frank Howard. Oh, man. RIP Frank Howard. Maybe we'll talk about him tomorrow. We got to uh, bring back Daryl Strawberry. It's not throwback Thursday yet. Oh, yeah, we don't need to throwback Thursday you know, Dodgers offseason. I don't want to get the bland back together, right? I don't want that. I see Justin in Anaheim. I like that. That's a good take. I think that's a solid possibility. I think that he would definitely perform well there. It makes a lot of sense. Can Bush play third base? They haven't expressed a lot of interest in that, Mike Saldana. For whatever reason, hasn't played a ton of third. You saw him mixing in the outfield. He's someone who is a bat first player, and that's really not going to change. I still think that Michael Bush is right up there at the top for players they're going to include in a trade this offseason. I'd be absolutely shocked if Michael Bush doesn't get traded this offseason because at this point, he's looking like he's going to win the rookie of the year for the Dodgers at age 40. Okay. And we don't need to see that. Otani or else from Tom Liu. I like that. Hey, man. Welcome to the winter of Otani. 499 from Seth Gribble. What up, Seth? I am tired of fans wanting to get the band back together. Let's just get some fresh new blood and start a new era. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, look, and it's nothing against these guys. It really isn't, but it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Now, real quick on Cody Bellinger, 28 years old, plays elite defense at multiple positions, runs well, definitely had a much better year at the play. But I think the problem with Cody Bellinger is one, Scott Boris, two, there's no guarantees that Bellinger would want to come back to an organization that non-tendered him. Why the hell would you want to come back to that if you're Cody Bellinger? Three, you discovered James Outman, and you have James Outman at less than a million dollars as an above-average bat and an above-average defender. Look, I'm telling you, I'm almost frustrated by his Instagram post. There's 0% chance of bringing back Cody Bellinger. Literally zero. None. And there's probably a 0% chance that Bellinger wants to come back to L.A. Because one, he's earned himself a contract now between anywhere from 175 to $200 million. There's not a lot of all-star caliber players offensively that are going to be available this winter. So that's good for him. I also want to point out too, is that Cody Bellinger, even though he's definitely had a really nice year, he had a really nice season in 2023, proved a lot of doubters wrong, that healthier, that shoulder is looking healthy once again, but he's someone that's been dealing with injuries for quite some time. And he missed time this year with a knee injury. And I see people out there saying that I see people saying that Bellinger is the MVP belly. MVP belly isn't walking through that door. The last season version of Cody Bellinger was nowhere near the 2019 MVP version of belly. Just look at the numbers. Okay. His average exit velocity. He's in the 22 2nd percentile. His barrel percentage in the 27th percentile. His hard hit rate is in the 10th percentile. You compare those numbers to his 2019 season. They're not even comparable. They're not even close. He was averaging 87.2 miles per hour off the bat. That's, literally four miles per hour slower than during his MVP season. 45.6 of his batted balls left the bat at 95 miles per hour or more in 2019. 
Last year was 30.8%. So don't sit here and try to tell me that Belly is back and this and that. And look, Belly is still an all-star caliber player, but he's not an MVP player anymore. He's had some injury issues. I don't even see it as a remote possibility. They always say you should only get back with your ex if you both use your time apart to grow. And I definitely think that he has grown in that he's hitting for more contact this year. He's changed his approach, but I just don't think that they have a future together, right? I don't want to see them get back together. They didn't renew their vows last off season. They got a divorce. It was over. They said, we're not going to tender you. So I just don't see it. You don't want to backslide. Okay. It's too easy. So I'm out on belly. I'm out on JT unless it's as a bench bat. I'm not here to be fanboy. That's not what I, that's not my job. That's a disservice to you guys. I sit here to try to give you guys the truth. The truth is, all those Instagram posts about Cody Bellinger and Justin Turner are just baloney. There's 0% chance that's happening. That's a waste of time. If you want to do a post saying it's a Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger appreciation thread, fine. That's great. But it's just, it's not steeped in reality. I don't even think the Dodgers are going to have one conversation this offseason about bringing back Cody Bellinger. Not even one. Because they probably know that one, he doesn't want to come back. And two, you've already found a James Outman at a significantly cheaper rate. I don't even know why I'm continuing to talk about this. Let's do some more comments and we'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday. We got never get back with an X from V track. Joel says Trinan is totally injury prone. Stop throwing money at broken down relief pitchers. Like, but it's 1 million. Well, like I said, that's a lunch date at Nobu for this franchise. That's nothing. That's two Micheladas and a Dodger dog. We got uh belly going home to AZ Alex. I like that take. I, by the way, you guys know, if you've watched, I'm the biggest Cody Bellinger fan. I'm a belly Ever. This guy is great. Love this dude in the clubhouse. I just don't loan for 200 plus million dollars when you need pitching, when Otani's out there, when you could, I'd rather have Matt Chapman than Cody Bellinger. I'd rather have Blake Snell than Cody Bellinger. I can think of a list of players I'd rather have than Cody Bellinger based on that price point. Give me 1 million from DMAC Jr. Hey, your allowance is a lot less than that. And you'll be happy with the $1 I gave you last week. Everyone forgets Bellinger's terrible two seasons here. Johnny's Johnny Owen. Yeah. I mean, I think that you could talk about the injuries there. There's no doubt about that. And he's someone that was hitting around 200. The power was sapped and it took more time. I think the bigger question is, should they have kept it? But Matthew Matiak says, I want to see Bush bat third and get the same runway as Vargas did at second this year. Look, it's a good point. It's a fair point. And the reality is that, the organization, they pick their guys that they think have potential. They pick their guys that they think are going to be core members. And for whatever reason, they have just never been in love with Michael Bush. They just have never had that same had that feelings towards him as to give him the opportunity that I personally think he deserves as well. And when you're playing with an organization that has as much talent as the Dodgers, sometimes you get blocked. And Michael Bush is one of those guys even in his opportunities this year, he did have 81 plate appearances with LA, hit 167, had a 539 OPS. So even in those limited opportunities, didn't make the most out of it, hit two home runs. But uh, yeah, I just think he's going to be traded this offseason. A couple more here, guys, but thanks again for rocking with us here on Dodgers Dugout Live. We're going to be here all offseason. Interviews, breakdowns, rumors, everything you're going to find it right here. All things Dodger baseball. Every single day. Hey, DMAC, maybe Cody Bellinger can pass out special brownies to the dugout to get them happier. 
than what they did in the postseason. That's from Leonardo Blanco. Yeah, that would be something really interesting for sure. Alex, there was frustration with Otani because he clearly wanted to be a DH and shouldn't have been interviewing with the National League teams at the time. Okay, a couple more here. Another super chat. $2. Forget JT and Belly. Dodgers need good pitchers. Yeah, look, JT is a good pitcher. I dare you. Google Justin Turner's ERA right now. 0.00. That's the comment of the day from Tarkina. hope I said it right. Tarkina Meyer. Bring JT in. Use him as a, as a bullpen piece. 0.0 ERA. More pitch to contact guy. Is Lux trade bait DMAC? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Downfall of belly is Kike's arm. Yeah, and Kike's on the team here. So we want to keep them away from his shoulder after that game-winning home run there in game seven of the NLCS. I caught D- Doug D-macking my wife. Okay, Bob Nightingale, that's when we officially have fallen off the rails. But that's going to do it with uh, D-mac. Let's end the session with your predictions for who they get. Not there that. Not yet that. Not yet. Not there yet. We will get to that though. I have a full episode, a predictions special. Maybe we'll do that on Friday because we're going to list the top. I'm going to top 20 free agents and predict them, even for other teams. Okay. Last year, you guys saw my predictions. I was lucky. I should have got the lottery numbers last year. If it wasn't for Carlos Correa not having a leg, I would have been eight for eight on the top free agents. So hopefully I can have that same success this year. And only one I care about is my prediction on Otani, but that's going to do it here. Be sure to smash that like button on the way out. Drop a comment, comment anything down below. It really helps feed the algorithm gods. Let me know if you want to see the Dodgers bring back JT or Cody Bellinger. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. 